This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Well, happy 2019, and welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and actually for the next two weeks, uh, I am joined with Pastor Craig Jarvis, lead pastor at Village Church East. And uh, Craig and I have the joy of planning and preparing our sermons together um, most every single week, I'd say maybe 90% of the time. And so uh, we also today are going to be doing something a little bit different in the Village Church Q&A podcast. Every Wednesday, um, we are answering questions that have come up about our previous Sunday's sermon. So here's how this works. There are multiple ways to listen to Village Church of Bartlett sermons and Village Church East sermons. So, for example, you could be live with us. That's the best way, we think, because you're present with God's people. And if you're in the room, you can text Village Church VC East sermons to 555-888. If you're um, with me at Bartlett, you can text VC sermons to 555-888. And that opens up a text thread where you can just send us all of your questions about the sermons. And we're taking in questions every Sunday all the way to Wednesday morning, so you can turn in um, your questions about the sermon. Some of you are listening through podcasts, Village Church East and Village Church of Barlett. We have our own podcasts. So as you're listening to these sermons, if it's before Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday after the sermon is given, turn in your questions uh, again. Uh, Once that text thread is open, you can text your questions there indefinitely, and we'll get those questions. Some of you are listening online, and uh, you might be on Facebook where our 9 a.m. service goes live, and then after the 9 a.m. service, it just replays itself for anybody who wants access to that. Some of you might be on YouTube and might find our live service there. And again, as you listen, um, what you're able to do is submit all of your questions. So every Wednesday, we're going to come together, and uh, we are going to go after um, answering and responding to the questions that you guys submit. So this Sunday, Pastor Craig and I both launched um, a series called Explore God. There's about just under 900 churches in the Chicagoland area doing this sermon series, and we are going after the seven biggest, toughest questions that non-Christians ask about the Christian faith. And these happen to also be the seven most difficult questions that Christians have a hard time answering. So our goal is to be helpful, and uh, in Explore God, we want to give you the freedom to do that. Ask any and all of your questions. So some of the questions are going to come from believers. Some will come from unbelievers. And uh, our job is to honor you. So here's what we're going to do. Um, Wednesday, every Wednesday, um, at least for the next uh, eight weeks, is going to be devoted to your questions. And then we're going to go back to a a normal Q&A format on Mondays and Fridays as we release episodes then. All right, Craig, you ready to jump into people's questions? Yes, ready. Let's go. All right. Very simply, the question we answered this week was, does life have a purpose or does my life have a purpose. And Pastor Craig and I, um, we basically said one big point that the experience of purpose is, is had when we answer two questions correctly. Question number one is Pastor Craig. Who am I made for? And the answer is? Well, it depends on who you ask. (laughs) What is the right answer? (laughs) The the answer is the one made you is God. Yep. Awesome. And the second question is what am I made to do? And this is calling. And so when a person can answer both of these questions with clarity The byproduct is what we all really want, which is we get to experience purpose. And and the reason it works is because it's the way we were made. We were made for God uh, to work also a calling which builds the kingdom of God. So uh, this this thing that everybody's pursuing is purpose, and we get it when we answer these two questions correctly. But big picture, we have a purpose. That's to be in relationship with God. We're made for him and then to build his kingdom. Uh, Craig, anything you want to add? I like the first question because it comes first. 
who am I made for? Because the question that permeates through humanity is, why am I here? You know, And that boils down to these two questions. And you've got to start with who made me? I was telling our community groups, by the way, we have uh, community groups each week after the message, and the community groups also deal with these questions, which is an awesome reason why everybody should get into a community group, mm-hmm. and I'd encourage you to do that. There's something about the face-to-face interaction with other people that are asking the same or or, or inputting ideas into the question and yeah. kind of digging deeper. So uh, we had a great time on Monday night with our community group, and we spent a lot of time on that first question. I gave them the illustration. Uh, we just had a snowfall here, and I got my uh, snowblower out, and I didn't have any gas to put in it. So I figured Coca-Cola will do just as good. So I took the uh, bottle of Coke out of the fridge, and I poured that in the snowblower, and it didn't even turn on. I'm wondering why it's not turned on, so I put more in there, and it's still not turning on. And I'm thinking, well, that's that's strange. It should be turning on because it's a snowblower, and it can this blow snow. This is a true snow. story, by the way. Yeah, not a true story. <laughs> Not a true because it's insane to think of that, right? If you're going to have a snowblower, it's meant for the purpose of blowing snow, and it's meant to function on gas. If you do anything different than that, it's not going to function correctly. You're going to run into problems, and you'll probably have to buy another snowblower eventually. You can't use a snowblower to, you know, wash your windows or blow your nose, stuff or... like that. Yeah, it's meant to blow snow. Yeah. It's a it's a good illustration, I think. It's kind of a, a silly illustration, but it reminds us that we too are created by a person by a by a entity for a specific purpose otherwise we wouldn't be here and so uh, when you put God in that slot it gives you a lot more understanding of why you get up every morning I mean when you start to try to use a snowblower for other purposes it actually does harm to those things and you look at like yeah. the human condition and there's so much harm and the harm may not be like to physical objects so much like a snowblower but the harm is relationally and creation and and to the human body and to you name it, you know. I so. love the fact that God gives us this this book that reveals to us all of these truths, yep. uh, and He doesn't leave us made and without purpose. Yep. But He gives us the answer. Listen, I made you, and you're here for a reason, yep. and that that gives more re- more reason for living. All right, let's get to these questions. The first question comes from Villa Church East, and the question for you, Craig, is this: uh, Will we see Samson in heaven? Why are we even talking about Samson when we're talking about purpose? So the message that we did, uh, Michael and I came down on the three guys that we wanted to compare. Uh, They all start with S, which is interesting. Not planned, but interesting. Samson and Solomon, both in the Old Testament, and then Saul, who became Paul, the apostle, in the New Testament. These three guys all shared this interesting commonality in that they had special callings that were given to them at a certain time and place. And it, it's undeniable for each one of them. Uh, it, and so, uh, for instance, Samson was a difficult one because Samson, every time he looked in the mirror, he would know he has he was made by somebody for some purpose. Yep. He, his hair was long. He had the Nazarite vow his whole life. He couldn't drink strong drink and all of those kinds of things. So he knew the answer to the first question. Who am I made for? Yeah, exactly. But that second question. What am I made to do? He squandered because he used all of those gifts that he had to please himself. He satisfied himself with with women and drink and every party he went to, he had to be the life of the party, never giving glory to God, using his gifts. And every time he looked in the mirror, he'd be reminded that he was made by God, but he did not live for God. So I look at that and I think to myself, okay, there's no way Samson glorified God in his life. And then you get to... Hebrews chapter 11, and in Hebrews 11, verse 32, he's included with all of these men of faith and women of faith in this book of Hebrews chapter 11. 
it says his name right there. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I think to myself, God obviously has an ultimate amount of grace to be able to rescue and call Samson his own, even though for his entire life, even to the bitter end, he squandered every gift he had. He lived for the wrong purpose. Yep. So Hebrews says that he had faith, mm-hmm. and it's a saving faith. So despite his moronic lifestyle, yeah. then the answer would be, I think, yeah, we'll see him there. And God still used his gifts. Ultimately, even though he was using it for the wrong reason, Samson was. Yep. He accomplished the purpose of delivering Israel from a majority of the Philistines. All right, let's lead Samson behind us, and let's go on to uh, another question. All right, so here's a question for you, Michael. You ready? Sure. All right. When you have a checklist of things, Michael, that must be done each day, week, or month, and you feel like your calling is bigger or something else, what do you do to align them? This actually came from our community group because— So in my group are a whole bunch of people who have such clear sense of purpose. Um, It's really one of the most unique groups I've ever been a part of. Um, all of them are leaders in their own right. All of them are high, just competency, like go get I've never actually been this consistently with a group of like-minded people like this. So when you have like this overwhelming drive and sense of calling, and then you have to like make your kids lunch every day and do all these oh, menial yeah, right. tasks, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I think the simple answer is how you steward the mundane duties of life tells God whether or not you're responsible for larger responsibilities later on. Uh, and, and so I think that this is just a part of life. I wouldn't even put these in the realm of calling. I would put these in the realm of duty. And uh, that these are just obligations of life to love well, to love our, our husband, to love our wives, to love our kids. There is another question coming up, which is what is the difference between purpose and calling? And we'll mm-hmm. get there. But at the end of the day, however you define the terms, if you're a dad, you're called to be a dad. But that's different than the overarching unique purpose for why he's placed you on the earth. Yeah. And I would also say that purpose is like the umbrella. Yeah. But underneath the umbrella is all the tasks that we do on a daily basis. And those tasks are you be a good father, be a good husband, be a good mom, be a good wife, and be a good student, be a good citizen. Those are all a part of the overarching purpose of our lives. And ultimately, that is to glorify God. Our whole purpose is to glorify God. So why am I a good dad? Why am I a good husband? Why am I, well, hopefully I am, but (laughs) why do I try to be that? Is because ultimately I know I'll give an account to God who has given me life and all of these blessings to steward properly through my life. And I want to give a good account to him. Yep. This brings us into the next question, which is what's the difference between purpose and calling? And and I'll take a stab at it and maybe you can respond. And the way I use the terms, I think of them sort of like the terms vision and mission. There might be a technical definition in the dictionary that is different between them, but the way they're used in common just vocabulary is so so all over the place and interchangeable. And then sometimes the way the Bible, the way the Bible uses calling, like we're like anybody who's saved is called by God to himself and saved. And and at the same time, we have a, a calling on our life, et cetera. Like there are these same English words that have such a drastic and various meaning. Yeah. But I think in the common like use of the term, when we look at the word calling, it's it's kind of the one or two things that God has uniquely set me aside to do in this world. I would agree with that. And that's kind of what we're talking about. So when we say like uh, to, to experience purpose, you need to answer the two questions. Who am I made for? What am I made to do? What is my calling? What are like the one or two places in your life where the Lord is just uniquely bearing fruit and pushing you in that way? And it might look different in different seasons. Right. Yeah. It can be different I, yeah. based on your age, based on your resources, based on totally. who's in your life at the time. Yeah. I do think as we look back at our lives, we're going to see one, two, or three big themes throughout the course of our mm-hmm. life. 
in fact, in my early 30s, I, I was able to kind of look back at like, you know, about 12 years in ministry and say, even in just the 12 years, as I look back, I wasn't able to see it in the moment, actually. Mm. But there's been like a really unusually constant and unexpected theme where I bore fruit uniquely, but not in other places. Mm. Like I wanted to bear fruit in one place, but where God actually used me was differently. And then what I found is as I identified that and I kind of leaned into that, the amount of opportunities have blown up in that unique niche, you know? And, and when I'm 60, I'll probably even get more clarity when I'm 95 and I look back at the course of my life, I'll see more of that. But I, I often use the word purpose and calling a little bit interchangeably and a little bit loosely. And the Bible actually seems to do a very similar thing with some of these vocabulary words. Mm. And uh, so I give myself a little bit of freedom, but I would say it's like the one or two things, maybe three that you're uniquely wired to do virtues, values, places where things bear fruit in your life. I have this uh, elderly, well, not elderly, they're an older couple, friends of mine, and they retired, both of them retired from good jobs. Uh, they're active in the church, doing different callings through their lives. But when they retired, both of them felt like the Lord was calling them to the mission field, and they mm -hmm. took everything that they had and sold it all, sold everything. And uh, they they leaned in, like you said, to this brand new calling because mm -hmm. of where they were at at this point in their lives. And so I would say that their purpose stayed the same, but their calling changed based mm -hmm. on where they were at that point in their life. And they and they just are fantastic servants of the Lord. They've always been, but this is a different project for yeah. them at this point in their life. And you would be using, principally, we're speaking about the same things, but you're using calling there to talk about this specific seasonal expression of that, yeah. you know, which is totally fine. And, and I just interchange purpose and calling on a regular basis in my vocabulary. But again, we're saying the same thing that yeah. there are some big themes and then it's played out differently, which actually brings us to the next question that I'd love for you to answer. And I think it really fits well within what Absolutely. you just said is, can your calling change from season to season? And Absolutely. of course the answer is yes. Yep. I think you're going to look over your life and see some fundamental principles yeah. and things where the Lord uniquely bore fruit, but that can play out on a mission field and pastoral ministry oh at goodness. work. What you love that will even change mm -hmm. uh, based on what you're going through at the time or the Lord has yet to develop you. Like 20 years ago, I would look forward, if I had the opportunity to look forward 20 years to the day, I would not have imagined I'm doing what I'm doing now and doing it where I'm doing yeah. it now. But this is the path that the Lord led me on. And so my purpose to glorify him by worshiping him and all the tasks he's put before me stays the same. But my calling differs in different ways through the parts of my life. Yep. Last two questions would be, do all Christians have the same purpose? Now, yes, 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 yes. Well, <laughs> yes, for sure. In terms of like how we exist here, right? To know God yep. and to do what he's called us to do. Yeah. Right? Is that fair to say? Ecclesiastes 12, 13. To fear God and Keep obey his commandments, commandments yeah. right? So this is where I like to make distinctions because I think all the terminology can get muddy. Every Christian has a duty to evangelize, to know God. We are told to do those things. Yeah. God has not wired you the way he wired me. He's going to ask you to do different things than he asked me to yeah. do. Yeah. And that's when we're talking about what's your unique calling. Right. We all have a similar set of expectations, but a unique expression of calling. That's so biblical. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the church and how each person is put into a local body and even the universal body, to function in different ways. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The mm. foot can't say to the elbow, I don't need you. God has uniquely gifted us to accomplish the tasks he set before us. Mm. But our ultimate purpose, whether you're an elbow or foot or an eyeball, whatever you are, in the church, 
uh, as a part of God's family, your ultimate purpose is to glorify God, is to worship him on a regular basis by doing the tasks for his glory. And that's, that is the definition of worship. That's why we say that we worship on Sunday, but we leave on Sunday and we worship every single day of the week, actually. Yep. All right, here's the final question, and then uh, we're going to be done for this Wednesday's episode. If I'm talking to a non-Christian, and somehow the discussion of the purpose of life comes up, what is helpful vocabulary that could help me talk to them in a way they understand? Snowblower and Coca-Cola. That works really well. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good um, That's a good analogy for sure, right? Yeah, no, so I think – I do think in the explanation of things, Jesus was a master communicator because he gave – illustrations and analogies that just kind of simplified it to its most basic mm-hmm. like parts, you know? But if you're talking to a non-Christian, would you say to them, God made you to bring glory to himself? Like, does that language even translate? No. Right. What language can we use to help a non-Christian simply understand things? And I do think your snowblower analogy is good. Uh, and then I think making that connection, by the way, to, by the way, look at all the things that don't work in this life. Look at all the damage done. That's because right. they're off purpose. There's a blueprint to follow, and that blueprint uh, is given to us, in, again, why we have the Word of God, because He doesn't leave us without answers. He gives us the answers. But to explain that to somebody that you know has not had uh, interaction with God, a meaningful interaction with God, who's still searching, um, or who has been hurt and is done searching, is very difficult uh, to communicate. I think that's also in Scripture. It's it's It talks about the truth of God is veiled to those who are perishing. And so I, I would say that as as much as uh, maybe as a Sunday school as answer as this is, I believe it to, to my core, if you know of somebody that is seems to be searching and is looking down all the wrong paths, I'd say the place to begin is prayer because God is the only one who can reveal the truth uh, to them in a way that they will understand. And when he does that, uh, you just be available. Be ready to to speak truth into their lives because if you pray, God will give them a moment of clarity or a moment of conviction. And uh, if they know that you're available, um, they may go to you and then you follow up with a, you know, every person has a answer for the hope that lies within them. Yep. And as a believer, um, give them the snowblower analogy. Yep. <laughs> and I think the the reason we chose the two questions is because they're, Questions everybody understands. Yep. Who are you made for? And the illustration that, that I use was, if you are a son, you weren't made for, I, I didn't have a son or daughter so they could follow my rules. If, if, I, if I did, that would just make me a controlling jerk. Mm. I want relationship with my son mm-hmm. or daughter. And the question is, why did we have kids? I, I want to have a relationship with my kids, you know, like we, to be a family. Like there's yeah. so much relational nuance to that. And then what were you made to do, which I think people – intuitively love because it speaks to the, I'm here for a reason uniquely. Yeah. I'm not just here generically to bring God glory, which is true, but I'm here uniquely on purpose, designed for relationship and for calling. Those are two really, I think they're really, they speak the heart language of anybody. Think of the uniqueness of each life that God has put together. I mean, he has taken somebody through this pathway and these different relationships and this kind, these kinds of experiences to build them into who they need to be. And then with you, he's done the same thing and he's built you who he needs you to be and me the same. God has uniquely woven together the, the tapestry of our lives. And if you're still here, you're here because God still has a reason for you to be here. And so every person, like Paul said, that every person would seek God and perhaps find him. Amen. 
All right, so we are going to come back Friday, and we're going to answer a heated question. And if you're not from Chicago, this may feel like, hmm, why is this being asked? But if you're in the Chicago world, this things are getting a little crazy out here. The question is, should churches sue ex-members? Come back on Friday, and we're going to wrestle Craig and I with this question. Mm-hmm.